Hello and welcome to episode 140 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Fallon. And I'm your co-host, Joel Fallon. And this week, we're going to be reviewing one of the biggest movies of 2015, and that would be Avengers Age of Ultron, starring Samuel L. Jackson and nobody else. (laughs) Well, at least, that's our top five, is centered around Samuel L. Jackson, who is co-starring in Avengers Age of Ultron, as well as the film club movie we have picked out, The Negotiator, with him and Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson, he's been around the block a time or two. A couple times. <laughs> Pasco, collected $200 a couple times. Yeah, he's got park place and boardwalk. Yeah, hotels and everything. Let's see, how far can we go with this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Avengers Age of Ultron. Huge, huge movie. It was your number one pick. It was the no-brainer, the summer box office draft. Yeah. It ended up not being the number one movie of the summer thanks to Jurassic World but it was right up there yeah, it's it's questionable I think the numbers got a little <laughs> skewed but that's for another another podcast I think it ended up with like 1.5 billion 1.4 something like that uh, uh, give or take opening weekend was like one, 170 something I think um, yeah this is the sequel to the biggest opening Weekend of all time until Jurassic World. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Brings back the whole gang of Captain America, Iron Man, Hulk, uh, Thor, Thor, Black Widow, and Hawkeye. Yes. And it adds Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch in this installment. I never realized that guy was Quicksilver. Really? Yeah. Until, Uh, like, reading about the movie... Uh, afterwards, I don't know. Maybe they call him that in the movie, but it, I missed it. <laughs> yeah, well, I think they call him by their, their real names, names. like yeah, Peter, Peter, and Wanda Maximoff. <laughs> the kid, the mutants that aren't mutants in this because they don't have the rights to mutants. Uh, <laughs> they're really the son and daughter of Magneto, Eric. Oh, really? Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, so obviously this is a huge movie. Did you didn't see it in theaters? No. I did. I saw it with my daughter. We we enjoyed it. We saw it in 3D. Sweet. Um the sequel to the The Great Avengers. Did you like the first one? Yeah, I enjoyed the first one. Yeah. Mhm. And what is your feel? Let's uh, get a a redux on our thoughts on the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a whole. Um Generally positive. Yeah. Um, in the last few years, I thought, besides uh, a few exceptions, it's fallen off a little bit. But uh, not like too, nothing crazy, nothing where I wouldn't be interested. Yeah. But uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, huge asterisk. It's probably yeah, your favorite it's one. It's my favorite one, definitely. Yeah. Actually, I think it's mine as well. Actually, I know it is. It's my thoughts. It's <laughs> in my head. It is. That's my favorite. I I do love the Marvel Cinematic Universe as a huge comic book fan growing up, and I just think they do a great job of making it feel like a comic book on film. They do a great, the best job of getting that tone across of actually seeing a splash page of of yeah. these characters. And I think they, I mean, I don't really know, but I feel like they serve their comic base pretty well. 
Yeah. Like the people that actually know the canon. I think so, yeah. They always throw in some Easter eggs out there. The, yeah. They're pretty... It just seems to me that people that are into it, like the Marvel Universe, really love their movies. Yeah. They're pretty faithful adaptations. Obviously, not one-to-one, but pretty good. They're enough to make the fanboys happy. I do see the side of the people that don't like these movies because it's kind of cookie cutter, they say. Yeah. Uh, I can see that to a point. I do think they're, that some of them are, but like Guardians of the Galaxy, and I think they do enough of a spin on each one to give it its own identity, but they keep the same vibe because they're all in the same universe. I would like to see maybe more... Like, there's no reason one can't be grittier than another one. Just because yeah. it's the same universe. You know, I, I would like to see more of let the director do what they will with it. Yeah. As, as far as visually, agree. you know. And then it just would give a, a different look on the same, same characters. I think it would help keep it from being very monotone. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I really enjoy the movie, so I'm... They've got movies lined up through 2020, and I, I will be there for all of them. So, all right, Avengers: Age of Ultron. This, in specifics, uh, is about the creation of Ultron, which is from. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Remember <laughs> his actual name, Iron Man. Um, Tony Stark's Stark, yeah. and uh, I thought you were trying to figure out where in the comics he was coming from. <laughs> well, in the comics he comes from Ant Man, Hank Pym. Oh, okay. So this is a little bit of a spin on it, but it makes sense because yeah, I, Iron Man, fit. Tony Stark is the tinkerer. He's always making new suits. And him and uh, Bruce Banner get together. They're trying to create like a. They're trying to create vision. Who comes later in the movie? Yeah, essentially, just a different, an, an evolution of uh, the mix between robots and now is he Vision or whatever in Marvel Universe? Otherwise, yeah, uh, he's yeah. I, I don't I don't know anything about him. Yeah, he's so. a he's a weird character in the comics, at least from when I was reading him. Yeah, like, I never liked him in the comics. Or I guess uh, what I really meant to say is is he pulled from another part of the Marvel Universe into the Avengers or is he actually he's just true Avengers. to yeah, okay. pretty true to the Avengers I don't think there's any vi- there might have I'm sure there was actually solo vision comics but not like an ongoing series oh okay not one of the household names on, under his own banner I gotcha uh, but yeah, so they trying to create this this evolution of an android uh, machine and Instead, they create a monster, Ultron, who is voiced by James Spader, and basically he tries to cure the world, get rid of all, you know, violence or whatever, pollution, by killing the entire human race, (laughs) you know, as you do. Yeah. And the Avengers have to get together and try to defeat him. But there's also a lot of other stuff going on at the same time. Yeah, the visions and... Yeah, yeah, because of uh, Scarlet Witch, and it's a little convoluted. We'll get into it as we go on. But I love how the movie starts. Opening scene is just uh, 
It's a cold cut into a cold cut. Hey, and now I'm hungry. Italian. <laughs> Hold the hots. But uh, yeah, it just starts off right away. Action scene. It's about the Avengers on a mission to infiltrate this base and get the the whatever. Yeah. The MacGuffin. Yeah. And uh, I just love that. They, whereas the first Avengers, they took their time into getting these characters together. They're a team. And it's they're going to show what they got right away. Cool camera work. Cool setting in the snow. Uh, love yeah. They're doing teamwork. It's like... Yeah, I like how the movie establishes that they've continued... To be a to team. be yeah. a team and all that. Yeah. Right off the bat. Absolutely. I love that. Great action. Throughout the whole movie, I think the action is really good. Yeah, uh, in the beginning more so than the end for me. Yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. But uh, yeah, so I felt like they set the turn right away, and and then it kind of slowed down a little bit. Yeah, uh, in the middle. But what did you think? Um, it was an okay movie. Um, also. This is sort of in the scale of of its own. It's I didn't. I guess I'm going to be kind of negative on this movie, but I'm more coming from this was like the most successful movie of all time at the time, or not the most, but one of them. Yeah. Money wise, it had a lot of hype, and you know the quality's already there from, and I enjoyed the first one, so I had fairly high expectations coming in and. I just, uh, I really found the film mediocre. Really? At best. Uh, I didn't particularly like Ultron. Uh, in a sense, though, that I liked him, but I didn't like how they couldn't decide him being actually scary and menacing or him being kind of wisecracking. And... Tony Stark uh, doppelganger. Yeah, and I just, I didn't think it. It came off the right way, at least for me. And also, I'm not a Marvel canon type of guy, so you don't have prefer... to, you know, appease me in that way. Yeah. But, I don't know, I didn't like the balance of... I thought he should have been a more menacing character, I guess. Yeah, my problem... <coughs> I liked the movie a lot. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was... Not as good as the first Avengers, but yeah. I thought it was pretty good, like pretty close. Um, my problem with Ultron was I thought he was great when he was being used properly. Yeah. But he's the main villain of this movie, and you kind of forget about him for large chunks. Like yeah. He's pretty much an afterthought, and it's I think it's a result of them trying to do too much where they're trying to set up the next movies and tie off loose ends from the previous ones. Exactly. That's exactly and, how And I understand they feel like they have to do that, but, man, you don't want to waste a great performance and a great character. To, as a, you don't Marvel doesn't have great villains very often, and I feel like they had a potential of one right here. Yeah. And they just... They threw it away, or maybe. See, I feel the same way. I felt like he could have been a, a great enemy or bad guy, and I don't know. He wasn't the worst, but yeah. yeah, they kind of forgot about him. And I don't know. The best way I can, I don't, also in the future, I don't think I like the Avengers. I think I like the more personal 
single person with some cameos. Right. Better than I like, like, super groups. Because they all seem to kind of get diluted. True. You know? It's inevitable. But uh, I, the closest comparison I have is, like, Call of Duty in the video game series. Uh, they're always solid games, regardless of what your opinion is on them. But they're such a moneymaker, guaranteed money, that I feel like... They dilute everything to kind of appease everybody. Like, they try to do too much, and they end up doing too little with all the pieces. Yeah. Because that's how I felt. Like, I just wasn't injured. Like, uh, the Hulk and uh, Scarlett Johansson's character. Like, Black I Widow. thought that was... understood why it was in the movie, but I thought it was kind of pandering a little bit to the girlfriend's... I don't like know. I kind of like thing, it. and I don't. Again, I don't know how this actually ties in. I don't think it ties in too much to the I, comics, but I liked it. I thought a little bit of it would have been beneficial, but I, I hate it. Again, they just jumped too much between people. I don't think they did enough with. I don't know. I just thought they spread themselves thin a little bit in this. Yeah, movie. I can see that. Um, it's not going to get any better, I don't think, because in the next Avengers movie, well, Civil War is coming out next, which is essentially an Avengers movie. There's more characters. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And then in the Infinity Wars, it's going to be even more characters. So, see how they're able to, how they handle it. But, let's see, I'm trying to think. I just think I had a lot of fun with the movie. And I want to rewatch... It did come down a little bit. Um, the laws felt more lully. <laughs> yeah. Than they did in uh, when I was watching it in 3D in the theater. I I even thought the action in the end, in the climax, in the middle, was really good. Like the fight between Iron Man and Hawk. Like, yeah. I don't know where that exactly came from and why it was completely <laughs> necessary. I mean, it obviously has some kind of interaction with the plot but it is kind of out of nowhere in yeah. a way I, know, I, I love the scene though by itself yeah but how does it fit into the rest yeah. of the movie yeah I feel you there I, I don't know I think I just enjoyed the first movie so much more than I enjoyed this one um and to me I got bored it it became hard for me to or not that hard don't get me wrong it's like I said it's this is not the worst movie in the world, I just expected a whole lot more from yeah. it. Um, but it, yeah, I was bored. I had a hard time ended up like finishing it, or at least being interested enough to invest myself in paying attention mm-hmm. to the end. I thought they did a pretty good job of integrating the new people's powers. Like I, I thought Quicksilver was, <coughs> was handled well. Um, I like the way they interpreted his powers. It's different than X Men. Days of Future Past, which I think did a better job, but still effective in a different way. I liked Scarlet Witch. I mean, I don't know exactly what her powers are because it's all kinds of different things. Like, yeah, bad luck, hexes, and visions, and stopping trains. Apparently, yeah. Well, I thought it came <laughs> across pretty cool. I thought they were cool characters, and I liked Vision a lot. He yeah, was at least um, the most cartoony looking of everyone, but somehow it worked for me. And he's incredibly powerful. For everything, I did like the new characters. I don't know about Vision. Uh, I think just at that point in the movie, I was sort of like... 
Yeah, already out of it. Kind of out of it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I wait. All right, let's go through these Avengers one by one and see how they decide to continue on their story. Like Iron Man, you got him. He's fighting the demons of. He saw a vision that he's going to be the death of the entire team. It's going to be his fault because he's the leader and. And what do you know? He's the one that brought Ultron in. Uh, is this vision real? Like, what do you think about that? Was that an interesting conflict for him? Um, yeah, but in the end, I didn't really... Maybe I just didn't understand exactly how all the visions worked. Like, I thought that was a good setup. Like, especially he's doing his first and early... Because you kind of understand it's not and it's not really on the news either, which is a positive, you know. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. I just don't see how some of the pieces of this puzzle fit together. I feel like his delivery when he's talking to Nick Fury, Samuel Jackson, yeah. his character, like he's trying to do this emotional thing where he's like, "Just can't do it. Can't do it anymore. I see this vision." But his deadpan delivery, there's yeah. no emotion at all to it, and I didn't buy it exactly. But Yeah, I, I mean, a, I did understand where that scene was going. but I As a concept, it. it worked, but in execution, it wasn't exactly uh, the best. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I feel like they're running out of things to do with Tony Stark. Yeah, Robert he was Daddy just so, he burned so hot. I think, yeah. yeah. I think they're going to have some more interesting stuff with Civil War coming up, but here it felt like they're forcing it a little bit. With with Captain America, he's continuing his, uh, I guess, modernization. He's he might be my favorite Avenger, Captain America. I think he's probably one of the funniest. Like the whole language. Yeah, (laughs) it's a nice recurring joke. He's like. The guy that's so old school, and obviously for good reason. He's like clean cut, you yeah. Know, uh, scout, you know, whatever. I agree with you, and I, kind of what I like about him is I hate him too. Like he is the best one, but I yeah. hate his clean cut, yeah, old. Like it annoys me, but kind of in a good way. Like yeah. it works. Exactly, and you got Thor. Who who the hell knows? Yeah. Like, he's... I like... I like him by himself. Yeah. I'm not interested in his background. Sort of like I never a, read his comics. Superman. I've never been into, like, the... I don't know. Science fiction-y comics. Yeah. I like science fiction movies. I don't know. It's weird. But in comics... The I've combination. Never really, except for Guardians of the Galaxy I love. So I don't know. But... <laughs> something about... But Guardians of the Galaxy has more of that used-type feature... Star Wars <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um I will say like I think if they're gonna keep doing movies like this, like obviously they have a plan for the Avengers right now, they should have smaller characters in groups. Like I think that's what Guardians of the Galaxy did really well, is they're not necessarily like five household names. Well in a group. I think when the Avengers it's you're kind of fighting for not literally for screen time, but yeah, you know, Thor, th- Iron Man, and Captain America, just that. And then they got to figure out a spot to put Hulk in, yeah. in every movie, which, oh, yeah. like you were just saying, 
fantastic scene, but unnecessary was... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you're going to get that, actually, a little... I don't know anything, but from what I've heard, what I can gather, uh, it is going to go that way, the way you're talking about it. Yeah, and... Because Civil War, as you see at the end of this movie, is more of a ragtag group that Captain America is training, the new Avengers, and, uh... That's basically his side of the Civil War, is that, and then uh, Tony Stark has his side, and I think by the time, <coughs> by the time Infinity War rolls around, I think it's going to be a lot different. Like, I think it's slowly progressing where it's breaking apart. Yeah, and that's cool. Like, as much as I've had bad things to say about this movie, it doesn't give me hope, make me give up hope that future movies will be worse than this or anything but I, I do think they should look themselves in the mirror and be like we have to progress more than just the story we have to progress how we deliver things and the look and feel yeah. and yeah I, I wish the director had more identity in the film you know what I mean directed Rather by Joss Whedon and he is not directing anymore because he felt overshadowed by the studio forcing things well, like I, and it definitely shows. see that it, yeah. feels, it shows it's a huge movie it's trying to f- it's like got Thor going off and like into a pool and to see the things that are going on in Asgard and like that's clearly just for his next movie trying yeah. to set something up well I was actually reading specifically about that he <laughs> had the fight to keep that in if, he wanted that in yeah but if Another, it's like they made him cut scenes that took things out of context. Uh, I can't remember. There's a few specific examples I saw, but that was one of the main ones where he originally had the scene that gave that context in, and then he agreed to cut something else in to keep that in, and then the original scene got cut at the last second, and yeah. Yeah. Well, there's... The one of my favorite scenes is actually reminiscent of the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Is when they show up at a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's a Hawkeye's family's house, and they're just like chilling there. And like that was awesome because you're just getting the natural like interactions that you got more in the first half of the first Avengers. Like you're just seeing them as a team interacting. Like, yeah, that I I really enjoyed that myself. Um, the whole family thing I thought was a little. Does that happen in the comics? Like he has a family or anything? I'm Cause sure. Isn't that like just a kind of blatant like excuse for where he had been in a certain period of time or something? <laughs> Maybe I I can't I've I was never huge into Avengers yeah. comic books. I was more Spider Man X Men, but I don't know. When I saw the thing about their scenes, uh, like the context and all that, they had talked about. They said it's actually a funny thing they put in about the family because apparently he disappears and the timeline is not really explained why. Right. He had a family. <laughs> but. And there's a death in the film. Did it affect you at all? How'd you think that was handled? Um, Without spoiling. Uh, I'm this is kind of vague on it. This is the first movie I watched out of the bunch. I'll remind you what Tantino's. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, th- I sort of, I was surprised because I thought they were headed towards uh, this person. Yeah, 
and it was a little bit of a whoa, really? Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I it wasn't predictable to me, but after it did happen, I was like, yeah, I guess I could see. I, I was, figured kind of one of the two yeah. would. I don't know. At least not hang around. Yeah, I just thought I was just starting to like this guy, and boom, damn, Game of Thrones, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Love this character. Oh man, he doesn't stand a chance. And I guess there's not a whole lot more to say about it. Um, I would recommend it. But one other thing is that, much like Cop Car that we talked about in the last episode, at the end of the day, it's like, what really happened? At the end of this. Yeah. Like, at least with the first Avengers, like, that was this huge event. And obviously, it's pretty crazy. They lift up a whole city out of the ground. But, I don't know, it didn't feel like a huge event. It just felt like an excuse to get the Avengers together. Yeah. forced. Exactly. And, I don't know. I was expecting something more, like, epic. It didn't exactly yeah, have this. Yeah, they like, really didn't end up making him seem very formidable. Yeah, like, Loki... Was clearly a threat, and you had to get. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that was another thing they cut out. There's a scene with Loki in one of the uh, flashbacks. Uh-huh. And they said every test that they saw, they thought Loki was somehow pulling all the strings yeah, in the right. whole movie. And he was only in the movie for 30 seconds. So they had to cut him out. Wow. But I think he's definitely their most successful villain. Oh yeah, the, uh, there's no the doubt about movies. it. And it's weird because those are my least favorite movies, the Thor movies. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, I think it's a really fun movie. I would definitely recommend it if you like these kinds of movies. But I give it eight out of ten. Um, I give it a. Uh, it's a heavy six and a half, but it's a six and a half for me. Hey. If uh, if you're a fan of the Marvel movies, you're gonna love it. You're gonna eat it up. Yeah. But if you're like me, or you're kind of a passive fan, eh, not my first choice. Yeah, I I was disappointed. I was when I saw it in theaters, I wasn't disappointed. I really maybe because I kind of had my expectations lowered. But on a rewatch, I was like, eh, not as great as I thought. But I still think it's it's a worthy entry into the series. I'd probably put it. Trying to think as far as ranking it with all the other Marvel movies, probably like sixth, fifth or sixth overall off the top of my head. So yeah, it probably wouldn't be far off that of mine. But yeah. well, Samuel L. Jackson wasn't in Avengers: Age of Ultron a ton, but he was in The Negotiator a ton because he was a star, and that's our film club <laughs> <laughs> review <coughs> this week. Um, the Negotiator. Is uh, Samuel Jackson is a hostage negotiator with the police task force <coughs> who gets set up to look like he is responsible for killing his partner. partner yeah, and there's this whole conspiracy with the, uh, the police like insurance force, yeah, fraud or something, for stealing Pension, money, yeah, and uh, and he's catching on to what's going on, and he says. I will only talk to this other hostage negotiator played by Kevin Spacey. Yeah. And basically just it goes from there. It's a pretty interesting premise about a hostage negotiator negotiating with another hostage negotiator. Yeah. <laughs> like he knows all the ins and outs of the of the rules of engagement and uh, all that stuff. I had heard some pretty good things about the movie. Um I think it came out in early 90s. Yeah, I knew of the movie myself, but not like specifically. Yeah, you know. I'd 
recorded it when I still had DirecTV on HBO or something, but then switched to Verizon Fire, so it got lost in the shuffle. That's how they get you. I know. <laughs> got to change it up every so often, these stupid deals. But uh, I, I was looking forward to it. I, I liked the movie a lot, actually. Yeah, I enjoyed it, too. Uh, I thought it was a ton of fun for what it was. Aged a little bit. Yeah. Oh. But uh, not really in a bad way. And you could definitely see how movies since then have taken... Uh, things from this movie it seems to be yeah kinda yeah original trope of the particular genre. it seems like yeah it seems like this definitely like has inspired some movies since yeah then. and both the main actors Kevin Spacey and Samuel Jackson I thought were great yeah a lot of fun in their performances and all and a lot of the side characters up. are not household names but a lot of recognizable faces yeah yeah um but yeah, if I don't want to say this movie was fun, but... I would. I would say it's not, not fun. fun, but I'm just saying it's uh, engaging. It's, yeah. It demands thought, your attention, and it's yeah, very enjoyable. It's just like a really, like a summer blockbuster. Like a, not a blockbuster, but mid-level. Like Yeah. Definitely a good time in the theaters. Because it, it's got humor, it's got action, it's got... And it's got a good balance. Of all those things, yeah. you know, it's it's still very serious, even though it's got humor in it. Yeah, and, and it it's got twists and turns. That uh, did you see them coming? Like a little bit. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, but I can also see at the time this being fairly cutting edge and not as uh, predictable. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, let's see. You got the guy. Who looks like he's clearly a bad guy, even though he's on the police force, and of course he ends up not being. Yeah, because that would be too obvious. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I'll say that this movie isn't obvious in an obvious way, but it's sort of like the next. The it takes the least obvious, quote unquote, guys, and yeah. I think that was obvious. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> But, I like how they set up the guys, the main characters. Like, the movie starts off with a successful negotiation. Yeah. Samuel Jackson shows that he's good at his job, shows that he works well with his team. They're all, you know, working well together. But then you can kind of see some friction at the party between certain individuals. Yeah. Pretty good job setting them. And then Kevin Spacey, they show him negotiating with his wife and his daughter. Like, yeah. Sets him up as a family guy, but still good at his job. Like I like how he's laughing about what's going on. Like I don't know, he had a good sense of humor about himself. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it, but uh, that was interesting. And once they really get going, that's my favorite parts of the movie. When yeah. it's those two interacting, whether it's. Uh, when they're still kind of antagonistic towards each other, or when they really start to work together, and it takes like a good forty-five minutes for it to really get there. Yeah, and then, but it's worth the wait. Yeah, you know? or it's not really a wait, but it, it definitely took a little longer to get to that point than I envisioned in my head, but yeah. in a positive way. Yeah, no doubt. They I definitely set everything up pretty well. I watched this movie at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and it 
kept me awake and held my interest the whole time. Yeah, that's saying something. Yeah, like, I had to wake up to feed the baby, and I'm like, I'll just pop this on, let's see if I can make it, and boom, I, I was into it. Isn't it funny how you end up watching movies like that all the way through, and you're like, I'll check out the beginning of this, go to sleep <laughs> yeah, or something, yeah. and then it's two movies later. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. But uh, then I'm like, damn, I really should have just got a couple hours of sleep there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hindsight. 2020. Yeah. Um, let's see. What about the action? Like, did you buy that he would uh, take the routes that he did to try to make his point? Like, do you buy that he would actually... <laughs> pull off a hostage like uh I thought that was a bit of a stretch myself just to prove his point like is there no other way to prove your innocence yeah and then yeah, but then you don't have a movie but. executed someone and that's just look past Hank. later on even if it Hank is for bacon badge bad guy. Guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah all that was a bit of a stretch but then it didn't bother me but then obviously he didn't actually kill him yeah. But still. But yeah, yeah. But I mean, still, how they would act towards him, that would be yeah. pretty much it. Yeah. The, um, it's interesting. I know the rules of the engagement. They should have just been like, not this time, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got to change the rules of engagement when you know that the guy you're against knows the rules of engagement. Like, yeah, and that. Sometimes I thought the little cat and mouse thing was a bit tedious with Spacey being kind of the outside guy, and then there's obviously a bunch of guys around him that are crooked. Yeah, but like, he can't. That's doing, not really his job to figure out. Yeah, they're doing things without the consent. Like, they're going in anyway. Yeah, I mean, at some point, I was sort of like, all right, this is getting a little too obvious. There's been like. One mishap is maybe acceptable, but there's been, like, three pretty clear, weird (laughs) happenings. I think they put a stop to it, unless everybody's involved on this. Yeah. You know? Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I just thought it was a really good, solid movie. Yeah, I don't don't really... Not a whole lot to talk about. It's a fantastic movie. Yeah, it's Uh, a good watch, for sure. Great performances. It's another 8 out of 10 for me. 8? Yeah. Um, I'd give it a solid, solid 7. Alright. I'd really enjoy it. I would recommend it. Pretty Definitely much. would recommend it. Yeah. Kind what? of a uh, original thriller in that sense. One of the rare movies where Samuel L. Jackson is the lead and it's really good. Yeah. Usually it's when he's more of a side Side guy. character yeah. or something. Yeah. But let's get into him more in depth here as we do our top five Samuel L. Jackson movies. Like, All right. I have seen like 40-some movies that he's been in, and a lot of them are very, very good. Yeah. I was telling you like six of them are in my top 100 of all time. <laughs> so, Yeah, uh, for me, I went more of how much I liked each movie rather than necessarily how well he was. Yeah, that's how I always do it. I just go, I feel like it's... Unless there's an exception, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, 
He works with great directors. I think that's that's the thing. He works with Tarantino. He's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I know that is not a director, but yeah. he worked with Steven Soderbergh. He worked with Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese. He's been around the block a yeah, time or two. He's worked with a couple good directors. Yeah. I'll start it off. My number five is Goodfellas. Nice. One, one of the best gangster movies ever made, and it's only my number five. Uh, Martin Scorsese. Uh, with Ray Liotta and all those guys. That's my uh, number four. Nice. Um, number five is Pulp Fiction. All right, yeah, for sure, a classic with uh, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, he's uh, him and Travolta are a nice little tag team duo, talking about the different kinds of <laughs> yeah, whatever. Whopper <laughs> with cheese, <laughs> quarter pounder. Very quotable. Yeah, yeah. Say what again? Yeah, like, he's he's awesome in that. He's a badass. It's a great director. time period for him to be in acting wise too. Yeah. Like, definitely fit him. Man. Yeah, I don't know. He can, he's pretty versatile. Even though he he does tend to keep going back to the same old tricks, but like he even does those in slightly different ways though. Which he is capable of doing different stuff. Yeah, he just doesn't always do it. Yeah. <laughs> My number four is Jurassic Park, the original. Okay. That's uh, a... little higher on my list. Gotcha. That's the Spielberg classic. I rewatched it uh, just this year. He's a small part, obviously. He's just like a computer guy working in the office. But, man, that movie is one of the best blockbusters... Oh, my God. ...in the past 30 years. Just so much fun. So many great scenes. Holds up good. It really holds up with the animatronic. I mean, it's not perfect. Like, yeah. definitely is aged, but yeah, that's, it's really it holds up better than Jurassic Park three. That say. was the first movie I ever remember the special effects being so good that you just didn't. At the time, it was my. At the time, it, it didn't even seem like it was special effects. Like, yeah, now you like can definitely tell. But, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, at the time, I was like, "Dang, it's like." Doesn't get no realer than that. <laughs> yeah, like scared. Ermer's literally the piss out of me when I saw it in theaters yeah. as a kid. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely so watching that opening scene as a kid. I was like, "Holy crap! This is a scary movie." Yeah, like dinosaurs. And there to have about it. What's your number three? My number three. Oh, sorry, I was looking at the wrong list. Yeah, Star Wars. More of just which one? Yeah, as a series. No, um, the prequels? I yeah, he's not in the original yeah. ones. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I hate the prequels. Um, I don't particularly love them either. I do like his character. Mace. And, and it, Mace Windu. Yeah. Purple but, uh, lightsaber. Yeah. More respect for the franchise. And God, that's crazy resume. Yeah. yeah, Star Wars, you know. Marvel, Star um, Wars. <laughs> yeah, again, more respect for the uh, his particular character and for the franchise rather than how good those movies were. Word. My number three is Out of Sight. No, that's really what it's called. Um, <laughs> it's a Steven Soderbergh movie starring George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez. Um <laughs> I've said it before, but I recently caught up with a couple years ago. I always thought it was just some romantic comedy. 
that didn't sound interesting, but it's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's incredible. It's, right. Huh? So, wow. <laughs> it's like George Clooney on top of his game being like this suave, like, bank robber, con man, and uh, he gets involved in, he escapes jail and gets involved in another con, and I don't know, it's just the character development, the, everything about it is just so well done. Uh, I love George Clooney when he's on his game, by the way. Yeah, like, man. He's an amazing actor, it's just, he's been so many mediocre, crappy movies in the last so many years. Yeah. <laughs> or at least his roles aren't, you know, he's kind of playing himself. Undercooked. Yeah. Or burnt. He can never get it just Yeah. Need bounce. <laughs> I don't know. Out of sight. If you haven't checked it out, definitely check it out. It's one that I let go on for too long before I actually saw it. And I regret it. All right. What's your number two? My number two is... A little bit different of a approach. Afro Samurai. It's an anime. Um, it's actually, I think, American-based. But uh, it's made in Japan. It was the most expensive anime to ever made in terms of episodes of a million dollars an episode. And he plays, well, Afro, the Afro Samurai guy, doesn't really talk, even though he plays his voice. There's a guy that follows him around. That's clearly Samuel L. Jackson. But uh, the twist in it kind of being is that that guy doesn't really exist. That is actually Afro's conscience. It's how he talks to himself, I guess. Yes. He, when he was a kid, he saw his dad get his head sliced off. Okay. The whole... Uh, it's a cool concept. There's two bandanas or whatever. To challenge the number one guy, you have to have the number two. And so there's this constant fight for the number two. So you can pretty challenge good, the number one. Yeah, but it's got amazing style, and I particularly like the story. Uh, the fighting choreography is amazing. The RZA does all the music, and it's really good, even if you're not like into rap or nothing. Nice. And the style. Style is the animation's incredible. Sweet. So it's a it's like a mini series and then a an OST or whatever they call it. It's a movie that can be broken into episodes, but it's shown as yeah a movie. Gotcha. All right, my number one is Pop Fiction. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's my number three or four favorite movie of all time. It's just incredible. Wow. I don't know. There's not a whole lot to say. It's, you got so much going on, and every single bit of it is fantastic. Yeah. Between Bruce Willis and Sam Jackson, and <coughs> even Travolta, who I don't typically like, is so good. Yeah. Uh, I, personally, I'm uh, I like Reservoir Dogs a little bit more. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. But uh, I don't know. I saw that along way before I saw Pulp Fiction or whatnot. And my number one's uh, Jurassic Park. I figured. <laughs> That's one of my favorite movies of all time. So. Yeah, it's a classic. Absolutely. No classic. doubt about it. Any honorable mentions? Um, not particularly. You could really get into a lot with him. Yeah, I, I have Sort a lot. of just didn't write any down. The other one that's in my top 100 is True Romance, a movie I've talked about before. Also got Menace to Society, The Incredibles. Kill Bill Volume 2, The Avengers, 
Unbreakable, Do the Right Thing, Hard Eight, Coming to America, and Die Hard with a Vengeance. Nice. So many good movies he's been in. Uh, anything else did you watch? Um, I saw The Martian. You did? I did. Nice. It's getting fantastic reviews. Yeah, it was What a, did you think? It was a really good movie. Um, I would like to see it again. I don't know if I would quite rate it as high as some of these other people are, but still an amazing movie. Uh, or, I don't know, maybe not amazing, but it's extremely enjoyable and actually not a lot of like special effects and all that as you would think a space movie would be and I just I liked how they used what they had type thing you know it's all about process right and figuring out problem yeah. solving and it's just cool to see they kind of show his thought process through a lot and I heard it's surprisingly fun and upbeat yeah it's not as uh, grim as you would think it would be or even kind of conspiracy like it's not conspiracy yeah. like, really even though that it's kind of a little bit is but it's uh what's, i don't know it's just super enjoyable and pretty good acting all around so. what's better uh martian or interstellar interstellar who jessica chastain's in both so is my name but jessica chastain which performance is better interstellar okay Cool. Um, I mean, not that it's bad in The Martian. It's just she's definitely way more important. In Where is she hotter? Mm, tough one. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say probably Interstellar again because she's always in like a spacesuit and she's not in the movie that much. <laughs> yeah. Roger that. Yeah. Why even see The Martian? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. People don't really realize, I guess, going in. That most of the other people, the astronauts, aren't really in the movie. Right. Uh, I without giving yeah, anything yeah, yeah. away, they leave him, and there's a yeah. time period. In I'm sure things. we'll do a deep dive when we get a main review yeah, of this bad boy. The ground movie. control people at NASA are in it the most, and then Matt Dean. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it for sure. Yeah, it's a hundred percent recommend it. All right, <clears throat> I got a few movies here. All right. Start off Exodus, Gods and Kings. Okay. Watched it. How'd you like it? Not very much. Yeah, it wasn't a great movie. <laughs> I did not like it. Um, I didn't regret watching it, but I I don't know. It's really bad. Um, I just don't understand. It's like the opposite of Noah, which I really liked. You liked Noah? I liked it a lot. Really? Yeah. That is where they embrace the ridiculousness of the story from the Bible, you know? Like, okay. Well, I haven't seen I saw maybe the first few minutes of Noah. And I... They're really, even though I think uh, Aronofsky is either Jewish or an atheist, one or the other. I think uh, he's Jewish. I don't think he's very, you know, into the religion. But he embraced the story for what it is. He's taking it at face value and he's running with it. And I, that to me, like, the fantastical elements are what really makes that movie. Like, there's these rock monsters, and uh, yeah. um, the Exodus is the complete opposite, where they try to rationalize and grit, like, yeah. make everything realistic and gritty, which the story you're telling, it just cannot be done in a, you know, yeah, without being so ridiculous. It's like uh, Hercules. It's what I liked about Hercules in the movies, is they kind of explain... 
why people would have thought this and embellished it and ran with it. Yeah, it's like... It's, but yeah, I feel you. Exodus feel like kind is, of tries to... I don't know. There's a young boy next to a burning bush. <coughs> no, in the Bible, he's talking to a burning bush. Like, that's... Yeah. Like, I feel like there's one of two ways you can go. You can either embrace the literal words and, you know, Tell show that, yeah. or use it <coughs> as a parable. Yeah. You know, but you can't, Not like, the opposite way. rationalize it to try to, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. It's a long movie, too. It's really long. Yeah. Some of the effect shots are cool, like, and... I don't know. I watched it all the way through. I didn't have to. It wasn't a review or anything, so... It's Edgerton, right? Yeah. I thought he was he pretty was okay. interesting. I mean, Christian Bale, I always like Christian Bale. Like, yeah. It's not terrible, it's just... I don't know. I just don't understand why. But, I gotta... This might kind of sound weird, because of Batman, but... I don't think Christian Bale's a good good guy. Like, a true... Batman's kind of an anti-hero yeah. in a weird way. For sure. But, like, that... Whatever that Vietnam movie I watched with him, I forget what it's called, he just doesn't have this... Yeah. Sincere, sincerity about being totally... I don't know. I think he's kind of hammy with that kind of yeah. stuff. But that's, that's fair. That's just being critical. I'm, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, I definitely think he's better as anti-hero, at least from just off the top of my head. Since you mentioned it, it kind of makes sense to me. So Yeah. Yeah, like what? There's fish have died in the water, and that's why it turns red. And then, the, I don't know. Yeah, I did like the uh, his advisor through the, uh, the plagues or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then eventually he gets the axe. <laughs> yeah. But that's pretty minor, like. Yeah. <laughs> I'd give it a 5 out of 10. Yeah. Um, let's see. I watched The Station Agent for the first time. Have you ever seen it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Dinklage plays a little person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> go figure, right? Who uh, works at a... I'm trying to... Uh, like a, a shop that does miniature railroads and... Oh, uh, okay. Like a hobby shop. Yeah. And... The owner that passes away and leaves him with a something in his will. It's been a little bit since I've seen it, but uh, where he goes to live on actual railroad tracks, and it's like he just goes there. He just wants to be left alone, live a solitary life. But these people in this town just are constantly getting themselves involved with him, and then he he falls. It's like a real low key. Just character study, relationship drama. Uh, he gets involved with these people, and it's just how they inter- interact and become friends. And really good. It was actually really, really good. It's from the director, Thomas McCarthy, who d- is directed Spotlight, which is coming up. Uh, which is why I'm trying to catch up on it, because I've also liked a lot of his other movies, like Win Win and I can't, uh, this, The Visitor. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it was a nice, quiet, character-driven movie on Netflix that I liked a lot. Nice. Eight out of ten. Wow. Um, I watched a light eight out of ten. It wasn't. No, oh, okay. The uh, Duke of Burgundy is another movie I watched. It's on Netflix. This is a 2015 release about. <laughs> now, 
if you thought Fifty Shades of Grey was like, I don't know, not a realistic portrayal of a, a dominant, like a, what is it, submissive and... Yeah. I'm obviously not in the game here. <laughs> the terminology's... Misogynist? Eluding me. No, that's a no. man that hates women. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dominatrix or a dominator and a submissive, whatever. Um, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And this is a very realistic look at it. It's a lesbian couple who... Movie starts and it's like this maid who's being bossed around and made to lick the boots and be peed on, like as a punishment, as she has to put like get pissed and down her throat and like give massages and. But then, as the movie progresses, the dynamics you start to realize like who's actually the submissive, who's actually the one in control here, like. Because they show the person that you think is the one, like, doing the punishing and all this stuff, like, reading off cue cards, like, okay, so if I do this, then blah, blah, blah. So right. it's actually the person who's the submissive is, like, in complete control and wants this, like, huh. like just wants to play this role. And it's just, like, this constant power struggle, like, shifting of... It's, like, all... nothing. Not much changes throughout the movie, but it's the story of this relationship, but... Just your perspective. Just small shifts in perspective make every all the difference. So, huh. Incredibly well made, visually, s- sound design, um, score. Every, it's a really, really good movie. Um, uh, it's... I don't know, if you're looking for like an erotic drama. But it's not like super erotic. It's not like a porn or anything. It's just like this... Couples kind of love life. It's just theme. it's about this couple, and that's part of their life. Whatever. Yeah. So it's in there. Uh, I liked it quite a bit. Eight and a half out of ten. It's on my top ten of the year wow. right now. So we'll see. I don't know if it'll make it at the end of the end of the year by by the time all is said and done. But it's on Netflix. It's available to check out. Right. Also watched the Monster Squad. This is old. Maybe I think it was 1987. Oh, I've heard of this. Now. It's very Goonies-esque. Yeah, But yeah, with, yeah. like, Dracula and uh, the Mummy and Frankenstein. And it's about these kids who are the Monster Squad. <laughs> and these monsters come to life. And they have to take them out. And it's actually really good. A really fun movie. I didn't really like the Goonies that much when I caught up with it a couple of years ago for the first time. Yeah. I obviously saw it at the wrong age, but... Oh, really? You didn't see it? I've never seen it. Uh, I mean, bits and pieces, probably. I don't know if I... I wasn't into the Goonies like other people, but I... Yeah, bits and pieces through the years. I don't know. I like it enough. Yeah. Definitely age. I thought it was okay. This is way better. Holds up way better. Yeah, I... now. From what I heard about this movie is kids that grew up with this loved it, like... Oh, can't I can't believe wish. that people haven't heard of it yeah. type thing. It's one I'm like, this could be up there with Gremlins if I saw it at the right age. But yeah. as of now, it's just like a real fun, you know, seven, late seven and a half fun movie that I would recommend kids. Not too young of kids, but, you know. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a nostalgia trip without it literally being yes. nostalgic. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Did you have anything else before I just keep rambling on? Uh, no. 
I saw bits and pieces of vacation, but not enough the that I could. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm sure we'll talk about it at some yeah, point. So. That's what I figured, so I wasn't <laughs> even going to get into it. Yeah. I just have a couple more things. Uh, the Homesman is that Western I was talking about in the last episode that I watched. This is directed by Tommy Lee Jones, starring Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, and what's her fucking face? God darn it. Uh, <laughs> the girl from Million Dollar Baby. Oh, um, you know, I know you're talking about. Yeah, but. Um, but this was a slow burn. This movie is a definite beautifully shot Western. Interesting story about uh, this woman. It's on the tip of my tongue. I gotta look it up. <laughs> she has to transfer these three women across, like. Hilary Swank is the name. <laughs> she has to transfer these women uh, across, like, the Midwest or the, you know, the pioneer landscape, yeah. hard, long, like, travel uh, to a town where they can be saved, quote-unquote. They've been driven mad by the, the terribleness that is just the normal Western life. Like, one, all her three kids died, like, within two-week span or something, and another Jeez. one just driven crazy by all these different, like, crazy, terrible things, and she comes across Tommy Lee Jones' character and says she'll pay him to help her out, help her get across, and just, it's just about this trek across the land, and certain things happen at certain times, and... Uh, Tommy Lee Jones it's one that while I'm watching it I was like yeah it's okay but then it's one that after I'm just thinking about it was actually much more effective than I think I first gave it credit for yeah Um, especially there's this one scene where they finally after all this travel like first of all something crazy unexpected happens in the middle but then they get to this hotel finally and it's just like man they actually made it this far and they get turned down by this hotel because they have potential buyers or something some high class clientele coming so they say nope sorry not allowed in it just (laughs) something that happens after that is pretty insane and it's a very harsh dark movie but uh just it's definitely worth a look. It's very interesting. It sounds interesting. I mean... It's slow. It's it's methodical, but it, it is worth the yeah, time, I, I think. I don't know. It's hard for me. I, I can understand where you're coming from. Like, I have a hard time explaining types. Of, at least from the impression I get these types of movies, it's more of an experience rather than... Yeah. It's like the harshness of the land. It's definitely well-made. looks great. Like, I, I give it a 7 out of 10, but I feel better about it than that really now i don't know it's like it's almost like a killer brothers movie where all the movies i always appreciate more just thinking about them after the fact or reflecting on certain scenes and all that kind of stuff yeah but definitely definitely <laughs> i did finally rewatch cinderella for real well i already talked about it uh, all my thoughts are the same it holds up <laughs> <laughs> seven and a half out of ten and uh, the Leftovers started on HBO season two. Oh, okay. Uh, a show that in its first season I thought got off to a, pr- a kind of a slow start. It was interesting. It, you know, it's about it's about two uh, percent of the population one day 
where at one moment in time just oh, yeah, disappeared. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember Unexplained. It was just about like how that affects people. And uh, so the first thing I thought started a little slow. I got behind. We had, we watched the first four or five episodes one time each week, and we're liking it but not loving it. And then we fell behind, and we caught up on the last five episodes like all at once, and thought it ended super strong. We actually ended up loving the second half of that season, and first episode of the second season was incredible. Maybe the best episode of the entire series. Wow. <laughs> right now, I think it's one of the top two or three best shows on TV right now. Um, this season, they've moved to Miracle, Texas, which is the only place in the world that nobody disappeared. And it's like, why? You know, is it just... But they say it's like... Is it called Miracle because of that? Or? That's just like Miracle State Park. The actual town is... Oh, okay. but, uh, so it's almost like a tourist attraction. and They only allow... Like, you can't just come in there unless someone else is going out. Like, as far as living there and uh, renting there. Oh, okay, and, yeah. So it's and like it's control. like, why did this happen? And everyone is scared to not do like exactly what they did that day in fear that... If they don't mess, uh, like, there's a woman it. that's watering her lawn in her wedding dress. Like, she must have got married that day. A guy just walks into this restaurant with a goat, slits its throat, and walks out <laughs> like a sacrifice. And people are just like, oh, come on, do you have to do it right now? Oh, okay. Like, it's just, <laughs> all right, whatever. Um, but it's just really interesting. It, but it's, they say it's statistically impossible that this would just be like an anomaly or something like yeah so something else is going on but the the craziest part the second season started with this 10 minutes of like a cave woman a pregnant cave woman just going leaving her cave to go uh, i forget it was like to go to the bathroom or to get a drink or something from the river but as she's doing that there's an earthquake and the cave caves in and kills everybody except her. So she's left all by herself. And this looks like it's like prehistoric caveman times. Yeah. And then she, from the stress of it all, she gives birth right on the spot. Like cuts the umbilical cord herself with her own teeth. She's oh. taking care of this baby. Like fighting off like birds to get their eggs. To, like it's just this crazy weird. Like where is this opening? But it's super effective because there's... A, fight with a snake and the snake bites her and she dies with the baby in her arms and then some other cave woman comes out of nowhere and grabs the baby and runs off and then that's how that season starts it's like what is the significance of this it was insane but it was awesome I thought like I love how weird it was I kept expecting you to say like something similar happened and then maybe no, it's, like, it's a natural thing. Is this baby a descendant? Is this this is obviously the land where miracle is? So it's like this because of this. Is that why nobody disappeared? It's like hmm. don't know. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to the rest of the season. So yeah, the yeah. leftovers. Leftovers. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll race through the news here. Uh, the Martian made 55 million in its opening weekend. Pretty awesome. Did better in gravity in its opening weekend. It's wow. up to 250 million about worldwide as we speak. Um, Sicario and its expansion made 12 million. It is now up to about 46 million, which is pretty good for as small as it is. Yeah. Um, 
Hotel Transylvania 2 in its second weekend, 33 million. The Walk did not do very well in the expansion. Only made a little over 3 million. Uh, and, uh, we'll I'm get surprised Sicario is such a small time film, like, in that respect. Yeah. Because the trailer looked really good. I just. I just don't think it's got the uh, marketing going for it. Yeah. You don't see uh, previews on TV or anything. I like wonder that. if. Uh, who is it made by? Uh, the director? Oh. No, no, I was wondering. Studio? Like, studio eyes, but. Lionscape. I was just wondering if they were nervous about the dual language stuff, which oh, Netflix I love. Says put <laughs> to rest. But. I love that it's Lionsgate because that's who we get our yeah. screeners from. Oh my god, I can't wait to get the advanced copy of that. Um, Let's get on that, guys. <laughs> you might be more in the Fallbox Elvis draft than we thought because. Or at least I thought I was pretty fucking confident. But, yeah. uh, Pan, one of my picks. We'll talk about it in the next episode. But it bombed big time. Ouch. $150 million budget made $15 million in the second weekend. Not great, Bob. So, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Taika Waititi, um, the director of What We Do in the Shadows, is going to direct the next Thor movie. Thor Ragnarok. All right. That seems like a clash of styles. But <laughs> very interested to see how that goes because I we really liked what we do in the shadows. Yeah, I love. Uh, I think Thor could use some levity <laughs> thrown in there. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. It's probably the most interested I will be in a Thor movie today. <laughs> so HBO is contemplating making a Watchmen TV series based off the graphic novel, which the movie was based off of. Excuse me. HBO. Oh, well, I watch cool. anything they make. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I was just thinking. I was like, if it's the main network, it's going to be horrible. Oh, yeah. this is too edgy. Oh yeah, I love the graphic novel. I really like the movie. I would for sure watch the HBO version. AMC. Maybe. Um, FX. Yeah. FX is really good. Like, yeah. I'll talk. I haven't watched Fargo. Just started the second season of Fargo. I heard great things about. Here, it, it's yeah. the best show on TV. Uh, I love the first season. I've recorded it, just haven't had a chance to watch the premiere yet. But nice. uh, like they got that and a bunch of other stuff. They're doing a good job. Uh, we got Ghostbusters animated feature film in development. We'll just Jesus, give out any other kind of movie you can make and do it. I guess <laughs> like the, what's next? Stop motion animation. Um, yeah. Uh, freaking <laughs> like uh, I don't know. A French version. Uh, <laughs> Rings, the remake slash sequel to the The Ring horror movie that was supposed to come seen. out November. Th- huh? Or no, I'm, never mind. I'm just thinking a uh, different The Ring movie. 2? Yeah. <laughs> it was supposed to come out November 13th. Good thing none of us drafted it because it got pushed back to 2016. Ooh. Not a great sign. No, <laughs> usually not. <laughs> A couple of different X-Men TV shows are in development. Uh, Hellfire is going to be made for Fox um, based off the Hellfire Club, which is like the villain uh, group that was in X-Men First Class, I think. That sounds kind of interesting to me. And Legion, which will be on FX, Speak of the Devil, about a mentally... uh, Mentally ill mutant 
It's but it's being written and I guess uh, made by the guy that's doing Fargo for FX. So, huh. so yeah, that sounds interesting. I don't know. I don't know a lot about that character or that. Yeah, I've never. I now you say I saw something for it, like Legion, like a yeah. poster or yeah. something like that. But I don't know. Yeah. And there's a rumor that Fantastic Four rights might have been handed back to Marvel, but they both denied it. Yeah, I saw something today where they they actually squashed the rumor today, but I mean, you know. I I wish it was, maybe it's just not finalized, who knows, but I want them all, I want all the rights to go back to Marvel, (laughs) of course. Uh, Len Wiseman, who directed Die Hard, uh, the fourth one, oh, Live Free or Die Hard, Uh, he's directing the next one, Die Hard 6, which will be a prequel (laughs) with young... Uh, Bruce Willis b- before he was ever in the first Die Hard whatever alright sounds fucking terrible yeah I actually didn't hate Live Free or Die Hard I actually enjoyed it but yeah I didn't think it was a bad movie but what the hell are you thinking like yeah there's a reason that first Die Hard worked it's cause he wasn't every man until then yeah so exactly. now you're still trying to think you're what gonna make him a superhero before he was a superhero like whatever yeah uh, Why the Last Man? Did you you know what that comic book is? No. Uh, written by Brian K. Vaughn, who wrote Ex Machina, the comic <laughs> book I was talking about uh, not too long ago. This was his first uh, comic book, I believe, and it was awesome. Where it's like it's like a post-apocalyptic type world where it's only women survived, and why? <laughs> is the last man. York is his uh, name. Okay. He's the last man on earth. Uh, him and his monkey. And, uh, it's just crazy. Like, he has to stay hidden because it's like, for conceptual reasons, like, continue the race, you know, you know, uh, man okay. and a woman. Like, just a lot of, cr- like, there's these les- lesbian uh, biker gangs and, it's an awesome, awesome comic book, and there's a TV show in development now for FX again. <laughs> they they're trying to do good work. Uh, oh god, I would love to see that. So that's cool. A couple more. Uh, Wes Anderson, his next movie will be a stop motion animation, which I'm loving it because I, I, I love Fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite movies, favorite animated movies ever. And if he can pull that kind of quality off again. Be awesome. I'm a huge Wes Anderson fan, so... I'm growing into one. Growing into one. Getting there. <laughs> uh, a couple more. It is a Marvel episode. We'll talk a little bit more Marvel. They've announced Ant-Man and the Wasp as a movie that they're pushing into their slate sequel to Ant-Man where it's combined Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> and they've also announced three mystery movies for 2020. Oh, they announced the dates, but they didn't announce the, yeah the movie. Yeah, which is that's kind of what's lead led to speculation about the Fantastic Four rights uh, come back right. because there, someone said one of those movies could have something to do with that. Who knows? Yeah, uh, let's talk a little pre-judgment day. We watched a couple trailers. First up was Triple Nine, directed by John Hillcoat, <sighs> starring a lot of good actors. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember any of them. Red there. Power. <laughs> yeah, it just seemed like oh Casey Affleck and uh, uh, Chris Paul, not Chris Paul, Chris Paul, <laughs> the guy from Breaking Bad, um, Paul. Yep, 
<laughs> Jesse. Yeah. Jesse from Brinkman. And uh, a lot of... <laughs> yeah. Science, bitch. <laughs> a lot of good actors. Looked awesome. It looked really awesome. It looked like a Sicario-type movie, but not in Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> like Bank robbery. Crime drama. I love Casey Affleck. Especially... Yeah. No, I just love him in general. <laughs> but when he's given a role, like, he's only ever given these really side characters. Yeah, uh, like, like Gone that. Girl, like Gone Baby Gone. Gone Baby Gone is awesome. Favorite of mine. Uh, uh, Jesse James, to me. Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford is an incredible movie. Uh, he is the coward, Robert Ford, to Brad Pitt's Jesse James. Alright. Uh, so, yeah, I'm stoked. For this yeah. movie, and it looks amazing. I can't I believe I've never heard of it. I hadn't even heard of it. Yeah. I like this director though. Like, uh, wait, I'm trying to think. John Hooker. Actually, I don't think I've really loved anything he's made, but he's well respect. He's made movies that got good reviews that I've respected more Solid. than liked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, the, I could see the potentials there, and this looks like it could be the one. Wow. Uh, we also watched the preview for Daredevil season two. Which I watched the first season of and really liked. No, you, you were interested, but just didn't have time, right? Yeah, and man, that season two looks awesome. Yeah, it it was. They gave you a brief glimpse of Elektra, brief uh, glimpse of the Punisher. Yeah, I mean, not that I was, but if I was like on the fence about watching it, that would have sold me. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, uh, I'm stoked. I'm also I'm just Marvel's the best. <laughs> they're on they're they're doing it all right now they got the Netflix shows locked down doing good at least I've only seen one but the rest looks good as well they gotta get rid of their mother's shoes so I feel like even if they have a failure or two that's they're fine. smart enough to adjust yeah exactly you, know? you can learn from your mistakes I can respect mistakes but people that are or not people but you know what I mean yeah people that just like won't accept those things so just keep pumping out the same thing right. and expect a different result yeah DC thank you yeah but they also they're trying to something different now but as a whole they're not as strong but in singular movies the Batman trilogy was one of the best trilogies Dark Knight's better than anything much. Marvel's and, made yeah yeah but we but, haven't seen yeah. another Dark Knight since that. Exactly. Like, the Dark Knight Rises and was the... You're not going to get a Superman movie like that. I don't think so. But uh, our last pre-judgment day is Hal Caesar, the Kellen Brothers new movie. <laughs> Talked about him a little bit earlier in the episode. Uh, yeah. This comes out in February, I believe. And it's about... It's like a Hollywood satire about a big production from the... I'm guessing it like, looks like the... I don't know. 30s, 40s, yeah. something like that. Early Hollywood. Uh, well, George Clooney plays this superstar actor who gets kidnapped by the future, quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> you got Josh Brolin, Scarlett Johansson, Jonah Hill. Just an incredible cast. And uh, Clooney looked like he was on his A game. This is supposed to be a comedy from the Kellens, uh, which they're known for every once in a while. <laughs> after reading The Big Lebowski. Actually, it looked really good. It looked awesome, actually. I, I wasn't sold on it at first, but as yeah. it went on, I was like, wow, this looks pretty Aesthetically, awesome. it looked great. It, actually, it, I laughed out loud at one point, which is not very common on a trailer. Yeah. Like this kind of movie, but it looked really funny. 
looks like it's going to have this a weird sense of humor where it's like a Wes Anderson movie or something. Yeah. So, definitely stoked. I We've forgotten to rate these movies, these prejudge these movies. Uh, <laughs> Hail Caesar, I'll say 8 out of 10. Yeah, say about an 8. Uh, triple 9. Oof, I was good. 9. No. Triple 9. Triple 9. Double 9 for triple 9. <laughs> Uh, Daredevil, it's hard. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I, seven and a half. Yeah, eight. seven. I don't know. <laughs> In theaters, Pan, that fucking bullshit bomb, uh, <laughs> screwed me over big time with fifteen million, and it's got terrible reviews as well. I'll go ahead and look it up for twenty six percent. Yes. <laughs> also, Steve Jobs came out in limited release, which is getting great reviews. Uh, yeah, so that's about it. I watched a uh, documentary about Steve Jobs, and I'm not going to lie, I thought some of the pictures were from the Ashley Kutcher movie. Really? Like, I, I was talking about watching that, and he looks so much like him, it's crazy when he's younger. Yeah. Like, from, and then watching the trailer for Jobs, like the new one, it looks amazing, don't get me wrong, but now that I know Kutcher looks so much like him, it's kind of like taking that... Boy, well, Fastbender jokingly said, I studied a lot of Ashton Kutcher for this role. <laughs> so, no, I don't know. Maybe there's something there. Yeah. <laughs> On the next Again, episode, it wasn't a horrible movie. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. On our next episode of the podcast, we'll be reviewing Furious 7 and Tomorrowland, two of the bigger budgeted movies from this year yeah one of them did well <laughs> one of them did not and was one of my picks in the box office draft so you can be the one who decides which that's the one I'm looking forward to watching now yeah me too actually and uh, our top five would be Kurt Russell to go along with Furious 7 uh, and that's about that the week after that or the episode after that we'll be reviewing Beast of No Nation, which will be debuting on Netflix, which I am stoked about. Yeah, I read some reviews about it today. Yeah. They're awesome. As well as Z for Zachariah, post-apocalyptic uh, film. Yeah. And our top five child performances to go along with Beast of No Nation. So, should be some good stuff coming up. Uh, we will be back next week. Thank you for listening. You can email us, theredboxreport at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at theredboxreport. I'm on Twitter at the Oriole Report. I'm on Twitter at the RBR Joel. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher and subscribe to the Reddit page, reddit.com slash r slash theredboxreport. And on Letterboxd, I am the Oriole Report. And as always, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Yes. 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 Do it. Do it. Carrots and little sweets.
Hey.